You're listening to Skills World Live with Tom Buick. News, views, and interviews in association with FE News. Hello, everyone. The time is 7 p.m. And where did that sunshine go? Have no fear. I'm sure he'll be back. Meanwhile, it's that time of the evening again when we broadcast 60 minutes of live internet community radio. Thanks for all your positive feedback about the show so far. It's just nice to know that there are hundreds of you out there listening live, helping me, your community radio presenter DJ, Tom Buick, connect the world of FE. After my day job in lockdown, leading the Federation of Awarding Bodies, the sponsors of the show, I feel pretty rewarded to bring the debate going on in this wonderful education and skills sector of ours to a much broader audience. Because that's what this show is all about, folks. By FE, for the world of FE. Now on tonight's show, we'll be focusing on England's technical education. We've got a brilliant and well-informed lineup of guests for you this evening, including the Association of Colleges point person on T-Levels. Catherine Cezen will be my first special guest. I'll be talking as well to a college principal from the West Country. Don't know about you, but I've got very fond memories of school holidays in Western Supermare. The well-known Gatsby Foundation will be sharing some of its research and insights with us. And stay tuned towards the end of the show when I'll be conducting a two-way interview with one of the major awarding bodies responsible for the first wave of T-level qualifications. And a college in the Skills Minister's constituency, Fairham. Their principal will be telling us all about the 16 to 19 technical study programmes his FE college will be delivering from this September. But next, on tonight's show, let's find out what's making the news headlines in the world of FE. Department for Education has announced that it will no longer be publishing monthly apprenticeship starts because of the coronavirus crisis. The .gov website reported this morning that while it was cancelling all in-year releases, it was also consulting on publishing details about the impact of the virus on apprenticeship starts in November. The announcement has caused a major row in the FE sector, with representatives saying that the data is ready accessible and collected by government agencies already, so the data should be published. The new Shadow Minister for Apprenticeships, Toby Perkins, has also criticised the move, saying that he was urgently writing to ministers. In other news, an assessment expert has told FE News that the process of Ofqual using accredited endpoint assessment organisations involved in apprenticeships needed to be simplified. Writing for the platform, Jackie Mull-Kentin outlined 10 ways in which Ofqual could streamline the processes it uses when deciding to accept EPAOs under its own regulatory regime. Mulkentin said that Ofqual needed to do more to reduce the amount of documentation it expected applicants to read and complete. The consultant also said that ensuring consistency and scalability in endpoint assessments were critical factors for aspiring EPAOs seeking Ofqual recognition. And finally, 
a young female cricketer has bowled over her peers by being selected to play for the prestigious England Women's Academy, a development pathway to senior international honours. Alex Griffiths from Port Talbot is currently studying a BTEC Level 3 Extended Diploma in Sports Development, Coaching and Fitness at the Clandarcy Academy of Sport in Wales. That's all your Skills World News from fenews.co.uk. Contact us at Skills World Live. Email skillsworld at fenews.co.uk. Follow us on Twitter at Tom Buick at FE News. Use the hashtag SkillsWorld. Call us on 02032 900 treble one. That's 02032 900 treble one. Okay, it's that time of the evening. When we kick off the big debate and tonight's theme is would it be better to delay T-levels by a year? For tonight, we are focusing on England's technical education system. Is it up to scratch? It's a question policymakers have been asking themselves for over 150 years. That's right. As long ago as 1882, the Member of Parliament for Banbury, Bernard Samuelson, the son of a German engineer, led a Royal Commission looking into the woeful state of Britain's system of technical and scientific instruction. As continental leaders like Bismarck were busy investing in new welfare states, including state-of-the-art technical colleges, what were the jolly old English doing? Well, we were looking enviously across the channel at our German friends, just like we do now. And while we were admiring how Germany seems to combine world-class industrial competitiveness with strong systems of technical education and apprenticeships, what was Britain proposing in the 1880s to solve the skills gap? Answer, a whiskey tax. For all the hard work of Sir Bernard's Royal Commission on Technical Instruction, the best the old fella could manage out of those Treasury Mandarins was an increase in the alcoholic spirits levy. I kid you not. The levy was raised to help local authorities set up the first further education colleges. Some of them are still with us today. That's right, folks. While Bismarck was saying von Sprung Dirk technique, you like my German there, the British working and industrial classes were being encouraged to become a nation of alcoholics. Fast forward to the 21st century, and the government says it'll all be different this time. The new T-level qualifications really will be the gold standard, just as those academic A-levels are perceived by the sharp elbowed middle-class parents in Chichester. The first three T-levels are planned for delivery this September, despite the former PermSec at the Department for Education saying it might be better to launch them in September 2021. With the impact of COVID-19, there have been some voices in the skills sector recently making the same point. And as for Germany, not only will we be beating them at football in future, apparently, according to ministers and those spinmeisters in sanctuary buildings, Great Smith Street, London, England's technical education system is on track to leapfrog our Teutonic cousins. By 2030, after this musical break, I'll be subjecting all this hyperbole to some good old skills world critical analysis. In particular, I'll be looking at T-levels with our expert guests in more detail. I'll be asking the question, 
in light of the coronavirus, would it be better to delay tea levels by a year? Stay tuned for tonight's special guest, Catherine Cezanne of the Association of Colleges. You're listening to Skills World Live with Tom Buick. That was A Horizon on Fire by Andreas Bolt. And as with all our tracks supporting the independent music sector here on Skills World Live, just head over to epidemicsound.com and have a look at the tracks on offer. And if you want me to put out a request, you know me, DJ Tom, I'll do my very best to accommodate you. Now, talking of horizons, we're going to basically expand our horizons now looking at T-levels, and I'm absolutely delighted Joining us on the line is Catherine Cezanne, who's a Senior Policy Manager with the Association of Colleges, or the AOC, to you and me. Catherine, welcome to the show. Hello there, Tom. How are you doing? Very well, thanks. Uh, a bit annoyed about the sunshine going away, but hey, can't have everything, can you? No, you can't, and the gardens need a bit of rain, or at least mine did. So. Do you know what? My partner said that to me when I was moaning about the sun going away this morning. That's very mm. true. Catherine. Absolutely. Can you start by telling us the policy intent behind T-levels? Yes. So um, we have to go back quite a long way, actually, to 2016 and the skills plan. And there it was looking at uh, productivity and the skills gaps that there are in the country, particularly at levels four and five. 
And it was felt that in order to feed into levels four and five, um, that there was a need to relook at level three technical qualifications. So that's where we got T level. So it's all about filling skills gaps in um, subjects such as engineering, construction, um, agriculture, animal care, right across the board. That's right. And look, um, before the break, I was having a bit of mild fun with just how long as a country we've been focused on this issue and how you know different governments over the decades have really grappled with the perceived poor standard of technical and vocational education in this country. What makes you think, though, that ministers are right and things really will be different this time? So I think the interesting thing about the T-level is that it is a, a different pro- it is a very different product in the fact that it has the industry placement, yeah. which um, from evidence from students is very, very attractive in order to get an experience of the workplace, find out what it's actually all about. So I, I think that will make it stand out. But I mean, T-levels obviously are a qualification. Um, but interestingly, unlike A-levels, T-levels are a qualifications effectively owned by the state. Of course, uh, awarding bodies like uh, Cash NCFE, who of course I'll be talking to later on the programme, are very closely involved in developing the content around T-levels. But do you think parents will mind the fact that T-levels will ultimately be government qualifications and not certified by bodies that have, well, should we say, a long track record in technical education? Well, obviously, um, Ofqual will still regulate uh, the technical qualification. So I think that's something um, important to bear in mind. I think what parents and carers um, and students are looking for is um, the opportunity in the product. I think that's and I, I think that's what they're going to be focusing on. Um, does it meet their needs? Um, will it help them to get into the job that they really want to progress on to? Will it help them to progress onto a level four or five qualification or to go on and get a degree? Right. So I, I think as a as a parent or carer, that's probably the key focus. Right. I mean, do you think the key benchmark of success for T levels, unlike academic A levels, which have always been seen really as a progression onto further and higher education? Is it skilled employment? Is that the destination for the majority of the cohorts that we hope will go through the T-level programme? I think that destinations could be varied for T-level students. Obviously, um, to go into skilled employment is one of the key destinations. But I think there will also be opportunities to go on to higher education. That may be once the young person has completed the T-level or they may go into work and decide to go on to Um, a higher level or advanced apprenticeship um, or go on even to a degree level apprenticeship. So I think there are lots of opportunities for progression. Right. The Treasury nationally, of course, has earmarked something like £500 million for the T-level programme. I mean, it's a lot of money that's going to be predominantly uh, distributed via those FE colleges that uh, deliver the T-levels and the waves of T-levels that are expected to come over the, the next few years. I mean, how does that funding compare to other types of technical education? I mean, has government sort of got it right this time? Is it is it more generously funding T-levels compared to perhaps failed technical programmes in the past? Um, I, I'd like to think that 
the government um, has perhaps learned from previous initiatives yeah. um, in order to. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't even want to go. I don't even want to go there. No, I, don't I, either, I, I sat, I sat in a room um, trying to uh, yeah, work on well. a design for one of those, so <laughs> I don't want to go there particularly. Okay. No, I don't know. Um, but I think in I think in this instance, perhaps um, learning from previous initiatives um, and also the understanding that actually, if you are going to introduce um, a new program to the market, actually. You need to you need to invest in CPD. You need to invest in facilities. You need to be able to train staff appropriately. Um, you need to invest in um, the ability to attract students um, onto the onto the most appropriate qualification for them. Um, and I, I think that's I think that's really very very important. So um, I think the investment um, and the investment, particularly in FE and skills, is to be applauded. In the last six weeks, as we all know, and particularly with the lockdown, you know, the world has changed. I mean, tonight's theme was just asking the question, would it be better to delay T levels by year? I, I referenced there the former permanent secretary's view that uh, they should be perhaps delivered from September next year. Where is the AOC on that position? So we've been out and spoken to um, a large number of the 2020 T-level providers. It's 30 and, of those, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. Um, and the vast majority um, are really keen um, to get going. Um, so they've got the specifications in their hands now. Um, they spent a lot of time over the past year or so planning for T-levels in, in, in September 2020. And I think the key thing is that there are a lot of young people who think they're going to go on to a T-level. So we certainly don't want to be disappointing um, young people. Equally, we also recognise that um, some providers, uh, depending on um, the geography, where they are, their current situation, their staffing, which may all be um, affected by, by the current uh, climate, they may need to make different decisions. So sure. we are supportive of whatever decisions our members need to make. Yeah. Um, but for, you know, for the, the vast majority seem to be keen to forge ahead. Um, we will do everything we can to support them in that. I mean, that sounds, you have to say, a probably more nuanced position, actually, from the AOC than arguably from the Department of Education, which sort of does take the, you know, some might say slightly hubristic view that uh, these things will happen come what may, even though around us, obviously, a whole crisis is unfolding around COVID-19. But I think you're right, you know, the idea of uh, go with a coalition of the willing, and indeed I'll be talking to colleges and your members later on in the show about some of the wonderful work they'll be doing and what they've got planned for T-levels mm. in September. Let's talk about the industry placements. We've got a bit of time for that. Um, I mean, you know, how, how do you see employers responding wholeheartedly offering 45 days of placement when many businesses focus, I mean, it will be survival over the coming months. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it is obviously a cause for concern. Um, we can't be blind to that. Um, so if you're looking at education, childcare, for example, um, whatever qualification you were going or whatever programme you were going to be offering, the students are going to need a placement. Um it may be slightly more challenging in digital or in design surveying and planning. However, I think we also need to remember that the industry placement will begin to kick in, not right at the beginning, sure. possibly slightly differently yeah. for education childcare because it's a much larger placement um, for, for that particular programme. But actually the placements um, will be 
towards the end of the first year and into the second year. Obviously, through the Capacity and Delivery Fund over the past couple of years, colleges have been able to build up very strong links with their local employers. And they're still continuing um, to be in contact with those employers, even though we're obviously in very different in a very different situation at the moment. Um, and obviously they will be aiming to get, you know, get back up and at it once they are able to get back into college. Sure. Tell us about the transition year, because that's an area I know that you're responsible for. And indeed, uh, AOC working with the Department of Education, you know, has been really looking at how to scope out the transition year as it's being called i'm not sure if that will eventually be the brand name perhaps you can reveal that on this show but uh, um you know how do we avoid young people feeling stigmatized if that's the you know, like a bit of a holding pen they're put in for a year okay so i think first of all um my passion has always been uh lower level qualifications because i think that's where we can make the biggest impact um in yeah. terms of colleges so we have to bear in mind that every year 40 percent of young people Um, leave school at 16 without getting that full set of GCSEs, five GCSEs um, at nine to four, including English and maths. And so actually, in terms of making impact, um, I certainly don't see it as a holding pen. I see it as an opportunity to work on skills, to develop confidence and self-esteem. And a lot of the providers that we're working with at the moment um, are looking at very innovative um, approaches to yeah. uh, the transition year. I'm afraid I don't have an exclusive in terms <laughs> of what it might <laughs> pity, sorry, uh, about what it might be called. Um, and I know that a lot of colleges will be um, will be looking um, at at that. You know, what what's the name? Because that's important. It's important that it does have um, a brand sure. and, and that people I can identify with it. But I think it's, um, you know, exciting opportunity. Um, it would be better possibly if there were uh, a little bit more funding and a few more hours could be allocated um, right. because obviously it is a 600-hour study program in line with current study programs. Right. Um, and yet we are preparing students for um, much larger T-level programs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, so it's it's a lot to try and to fit in Um to one year before a young person goes on to start a T-level. But I think the opportunity to um, engage in work experience, um, to be able to develop, as I said, that self-esteem and self-confidence, to be able to get some of those employability skills um, and technical skills under the belt will be a real opportunity and certainly um, shouldn't be considered as any in any way second choice. Yeah, I I was going to ask you that, actually, just on second choice. I mean, do you think the T-levels will be attractive to, shall we call them, the sharp-elbowed middle-class parents in Chichester? (laughs) I wonder... um, That's just one area I just chose. (laughs) I I wonder why. (laughs) I think that's interesting. Um, I I would think that... um, T-levels will be attractive to a variety of students, depending on what they're looking at doing in the future Um, and depending on the way that they like to learn. um, I mean, if if you're wanting to go into uh, surveying, for example, what better choice than to take a T-level in design surveying and planning? Mm. Because you're getting hands-on experience um, as well as a really good uh, qualification to take you forwards. Catherine, I'm afraid that's all we got time for, but always a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you so much for coming on Skills World Live that's all uh, right. this evening. And we'll Thanks catch very up much, Tom. very soon. Thanks, Catherine. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye.
That was Catherine Sazen there, the Senior Policy Manager at the Association of Colleges, who, as I said, is the point person on T-Levels. Great to speak to her. Time now for some music. Big fan of Thomas Skiedelberg, or I've become one, since doing this show. Here's a track by him called Let Me Know In Time. Listening to Skills World Live with Tom Buick. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Okay, stop chatting there at the back. <laughs> That's Paul Phillips and Jennifer Burden. I can hear. Right, you're live now in the studio, uh, principal at Western College, Paul Phillips. Welcome to Skills World Live. 
and Jennifer Burden, Director of Programmes at the Gatsby Foundation. Thanks for joining both. Thank you. Great. It's all right. I didn't mean to chastise you there, but obviously you got to know each other offline. Brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Paul, can you tell us about your involvement in T-Levels at your college? Uh, Are you doing all three T-Levels in digital construction, education and childcare in wave one? No, we chose just to actually go for one. So we've been going for the digital. We felt that was where there was a clear demand um, locally and regionally. Okay, well, digital is obviously big now. We're all in lockdown. We can't get out anywhere. Yeah. That's why I'm having to do a community radio show from my spare bedroom in Sussex. So what sort of skills then will your um, students be able to learn in terms of digital and how will it help them progress into skilled employment? We've been working in developing a course where there's that real direct link to business and industry. It's the digital that's allied to engineering. It's allied to health. Um, and it's giving them that exposure um, to industry, real-life projects set by the industry themselves, um, and having the link with the placement from day one. Absolutely. And just on the uh, subject of placements, and I'll come on to Jennifer, do you, are you confident, just given the, the whole situation with British industry right now, most of it in hibernation, that those placements will be forthcoming from your local employers? I think the bulk of our placements tend to be more in year two, um, which obviously gives us some assistance. Um, But I think um, in terms of the work we're doing, even in this lockdown period with those key employers, that I do think the majority um, should take place. Okay. Jennifer Burden, you're the Director of Programmes at the Gatsby Foundation, and you've you've been on this journey, from what I can see, for, for quite a while in terms of looking at the whole T-level action plan and working with the Department for Education. What's your research told you about T-levels? Uh, so, really, most recently, we have been, uh, Gatsby's been really delighted to be working with um, uh, providers in their preparations. It's been a privilege to do that. Uh, and uh, in several local areas, we've been focused on uh, helping to facilitate uh, providers develop their routes ready preparations. And one of the things that's been very clear from that is that when local curriculum networks for technical routes come together, so for example, for construction and digital, these networks, when bring curriculum leads together to share their preparations, that can lead to really powerful um, uh, collaborative CPD for staff. Uh, we were talking, uh, Kath was talking a little earlier about prep- teachers' preparations. Uh, just to illustrate this, um, in the West Midlands colleges, in their curriculum networks, have completed an audit of professional development staff have identified that they wanted for T levels, and that has um, been uh, satisfied either drawing directly from the colleges themselves or bringing in local employers. So the collaborative work that's gone on to prepare for the introduction to levels has been really very powerful. Okay. I mean, I was going to ask you, obviously, tonight's theme is uh, would it be better to delay T-levels by a year? Mm. Jennifer, have you got a perspective on that? Um, well, I think T-level providers have been working extremely hard. <laughs> sure. Um, uh, you, um, I'm, uh, as we've already heard, uh, to prepare for these new programmes. And this groundwork obviously puts them in a strong position to, to take forward. The providers I've spoken to are, are keen to continue 
Um, okay. Obviously, they'll be thinking a great deal about care for their current students and welcoming all their students next year and, and how that will work. But certainly, I think uh, the providers that we've spoken to have been very keen to um, and feel well prepared. Okay. Paul, at your college, um, yeah, how, yeah, how many students do you think are we looking at enrolling on the digital programme this September? Um, up to 60, I would think, um, looking, at, looking at the level of interest um, and certainly a great deal of work done in terms of preparing them for that um, and um, linking them to the type of study routes. Okay. I mean, you talked earlier about the importance of the industry connections what sort of typically in terms of placements around digital what, what sort of placements do you do you expect your students to be doing when they um, it will it will vary actually from some in the aerospace industry wow. um, some in manufacturing some working on some of the new key projects with the nhs in how they link with patients and the community in the future and some on sort of more embryonic um, research approaches. Okay. Now, ministers have made no secret uh, that they want to be at least as good, if not better, than Germany's technical education system by the end of the decade. Jennifer, do you think that is a a, a realistic ambition? And B, you know, should we always be comparing ourselves to Germany? Don't you think there's some very good things already going on <laughs> in our own system? <laughs> Leading question. Uh, well, uh, yes, and I think um, the review of technical education was, was clear to um, highlight that there is strong pressure here. Uh, and, and internationally, um, we've, we can learn a lot about technical education. Okay. For example, industry placements are a highly valued element of technical education, for example, in other countries. And we, we know that they are very valued by students here, um, particularly keen as that. Uh, as, as Kath mentioned earlier, as, as part of their programme. So we can learn, I think, from other countries uh, and reflect um, on our own journey and where we, we want to um, be and building on the strong practice that we have. Paul, what's your perspective on should we beat the Germans, other than at football occasionally? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think we can, as we've just said, we can learn from other countries um, I think, actually, though, when I look at my own college and I've got, in terms of 16 to 19 learners, about 3,600, and I see them already uh, massively benefiting from vocational education and A-levels and a phenomenal progression both to employment and university, whether A-level or vocational. I think. That's, yeah, I, mean, I was going to ask you that. Um, yeah. I mean, I... I heard a, sp a speech actually by the previous Secretary of State, Damien Hines, um, at Battersea, I think just over a year ago now, when he talked about the key benchmark of success for T-levels would be progression onto skilled employment. Do you think he's right on that or he was right on that or, or do you see it more of a hybrid model between uh, progression onto further and higher education and skilled employment? Jennifer, let's get your view on that first. Uh, so I think um, skilled employment is a strong destination outcome for students, be that uh, onto an apprenticeship or into um, uh, other form of employment. Right. So um, as a percentage, people, would you take a stab at sort of, you know, of the cohort? What are we talking uh, about? 50, 60 percent onto skilled employment? Or I, I, wouldn't like to, I, I wouldn't like to put a, right. a figure on that. I think it's important that young people 
um, uh, understand their progression opportunities and they may make a decision to move into higher technical education, for example. Okay. And, and that those opportunities are open to them. Right. What's your view on that, Paul? Are you, are you willing to take a punt on a percentage of your students that will go directly into skilled employment compared to progression on to higher education? I would I would say we're probably talking um, 65, 35 into the employment. Right, 65 I, being skilled employment, 35 yeah, being... I would, yeah. I would say that the employers we're looking at in terms of the work placement are offering such phenomenal training routes um, that there's going to be a massive attraction to go directly into the employment. Mm-hmm. Paul, could I ask you a sort of COVID-19 related question? I mean, I wasn't joking when I said earlier, I've got, actually, I've got many fond memories of camping in and around uh, Western Supermare, not just as a child, but as an adult, taking my own children uh, to that area too. Beautiful part of the world. But what effect has you know, the lockdown had on your local community and businesses in places like Western Supermare? I think it's dramatically hit the sort of tourism industry in Western Supermare. If we go further afield and we look at the engineering, manufacturing, um, we've seen recently quite a bit of furloughing of staff. Um, But at the same time, we've managed to retain, I would say, a very high proportion of apprentices. Um, from those different oh, that's, areas. That's positive because you know a lot yeah. of the sort of gloom I think around the sector at the moment, understandably. And of course, you know, in our news bulletin earlier we uh, referenced the fact that uh, you know, the government's deciding not to publish starts for the foreseeable future, presumably because it thinks they're going to go off a cliff. But you sound more positive about the apprenticeship uh, system than that. Yeah, I think I think to be honest, we we tend probably the bulk of our work is with major levy employers. Um, but I have to be honest that um, for me, both T levels um, and general education, you know, we can't use the, this COVID nineteen as an excuse. Um, it's got to be a, you know, we're going to go back to very, very different colleges shortly, yeah. and uh, everything will change. So we've just got to grab the nettle, and there'll be different nettles, I'm sure. Indeed. Jennifer, let's just uh, finish with you. Um, I mean, T-levels as a whole concept, of course, were devised uh, by the Sainsbury panel and it was a different time, arguably, for the economy. We hadn't Brexited. We certainly hadn't faced this coronavirus challenge with, if the OBR is correct, potentially up to a third of our GDP could fall in the next 12 months, uh, resulting in a massive, massive spike, at least initially, uh, in youth and adult unemployment. Do you think there's a danger that T-levels could just get absolutely swamped by another part of government, including Department for Education, but DWP, Work and Pensions, just wanting to deal with effectively an unemployment crisis? Um, I think that um, T-levels are now um, as much, if not a more important part of post-16 education um, uh, in terms of building the very high quality technical education that we want to see so no i don't see that as a challenge i think so you think they're definitely are, here to stay um, whatever the, uh, ab- the crisis uh, absolutely yeah. they are t-levels offer a great opportunity for young people into um, strong careers and that's uh, ever critical okay Dr. Paul Phillips, Principal at Western College, Jennifer Burden, Director of Programmes at the Gatsby Foundation. Thank you very much for sparing your time this evening. Thank you.
Thank you. Call us today at Skills World Live. Dial 02032 900 treble 1. Okay, so you hit it here first. Uh, T-levels are definitely here to stay. Right, on to our next track now. It's called About to Explode. Back after the break with Judy Hyde, Cash NCFE, Andrew Kay, Farrah College. Stay tuned for debate on Skills Worldwide. But I rose up from the ground Just like I was so bound All the odds were against me So I picked up the page And now I'm in the race Give me some space I'm a movement and I ain't losing Gonna go, 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 go Like a bird tracks before on the show as well anyway let's continue with this discussion on t-levels joining me on the line is andrew k who's the ceo and principal of fairham college i had hoped to also get in touch with my colleague julie hyde but for some reason 
No phones, not answering. However, we've got Andrew to continue the discussion. He's a principal at Fairham College. How's things uh, down in Fairham this evening, Andrew? Uh, yeah, everything's good. It's um, uh, not as sunny as it was last week, but no, we're... Um, indeed, I was yeah. lamenting that fact earlier. Mind you, we, I mean, we can't complain, can we? We've had a pretty good run of it. I mean, it's probably, I mean, compared to what April's usually like, which is April showers, it was incredibly dry, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's very good. It's good. Now, tell us about your T-level journey. Why is uh, Ferrum College so involved in the programme? Uh, so I think uh, Fairham College has always been uh, very uh, proudly professional and technical education, uh, and we've had a long-standing good relationship with um, employers in the region, and we've uh, delivered apprenticeships for a number of years. So it's quite a logical um, next step for us to get involved with with T levels early on. Uh, so we're certainly an advocate of this new curriculum offer. Yeah, I mean, in terms of uh, access to skilled employment, then I mean, how how valuable a programme will it be? And out of the three T-levels uh, this September, which ones then are you focusing on? So we'll be delivering digital and early years education from September. Right. Big demand, I would have thought, for both of those. Yeah, so early, edu- early years education is um, quite a familiar programme to many further education colleges, of course, and it's uh, very similar in its uh, structure and content and the industry placement is very familiar. So that's a relatively easy uh, transition from one to the other. Right. Um, and the di- digital is very exciting to be involved in because the new curriculum, the specification that's uh, been developed is is very contemporary. It's very up-to-date and being... And give me some examples. Developed. I mean, when you say contemporary, what kind of, sort of contemporary things then are students going to be working on, which will make them presumably either attractive to employers or attractive to go on and do high-level technical study, perhaps level four or five, or even going into a university programme? Yeah, so it's got um, IT infrastructure and coding. Um, it's got systems analysis and design. Um, the employer-led project is uh, starts off with um, project management techniques, um, developing project design and testing. So they develop those skills that they're going to need in employment. So I think it's quite exciting from that from that point of view. Sure. And do you think, um, given the uh, obviously the lockdown situation has really put a premium on virtual premium digital skills i would have thought i mean is that you know is that an area of the economy particularly around where you are in fairham that will perhaps develop more in the future yeah yeah there's uh well digital is embedded in every business isn't it um, large yeah, or course. small but but um locally there are also specific it companies as well uh, there's a gaming industry um in the region there's right. uh, net- network support companies and then there's big, uh, big businesses as well. Cisco and IBM are, are relatively close by, um, or certainly, uh, certainly offices of those companies are. Um, but uh, and I think that employer involvement is um, a really important part of the development of these programmes. Yeah. So we've been doing the capacity and development fund, as have many other colleges, and that's enabled us to get a team together who can uh, link in with these employers and get the industry placements right. up and running. So I think we'll hit the ground running next year, without doubt. Yeah. When you say next year, then, are you not part of the first wave uh, of um, T-levels? Next, next academic, yeah. Of course, next, next academic. 
Given that that yeah, was the theme of tonight's a, show, <laughs> you know, should they be delayed by you? Uh, I take uh, no, you firmly well, in the I, camp of no, they shouldn't, and you're raring to I'm, go I'm, at Fairham College. I'm, I'm very firmly in the camp that they shouldn't be delayed. And actually, I was a bit, I was a bit um, skeptical about the, the title saying should they be delayed, delayed. But I was reassured to hear every every one of your other guests is um, in the same with the same view. I think right. uh, having yeah. invested so much time. And energy um, over the last two, three, maybe more years, getting to where we are with only 16 weeks to go, um, it would be really disappointing to think that yeah. the sector isn't behind this um, sure. initiative. Plus, as well, I mean, yeah, we are obviously talking about uh, relatively low enrolment, so it, it's sort of it's a program that's going to start small. There are subsequent waves, aren't there, coming through, and presumably those cohorts will grow. I mean, when the full panoply of T levels is available, and your college obviously make decisions as to how many of the 24 T-levels eventually that you will be offering to students? What kind of pro- uh, proportion or percentage do you see of your enrolments being on T-levels as opposed to, say, A-levels or indeed any other vocational technical qualifications? So as a, as a college, the uh, large majority of our students, more than 50, 60% are level three programmes. We don't offer any A-levels, so we have a fairly clear uh, All right, okay. decision, yeah. decision to make so, there. So we're not, we don't have that challenge where some colleges might have in advising one student against an A-level or a T-level. Um, we, are, we are very much on that professional and technical side um, and also very heavily involved apprenticeships. So... Uh, so that's the ethos of our college. Right. So very, when, very when, work focused and work based. Yeah, focused. very work focused, and those employer links are critical to the work that we do. I think yeah. when it comes to rolling them out, there'll be decisions to make about some T level specialisms that we. Have we still got you? Looks like we have lost Andrew on the line. Hopefully, he'll come back. Andrew, are you there? Not to worry. We'll go straight to a track, shall we? and uh, see if we can get Andrew back on the line. Andrew back on the line. Andrew, you with Hi. us again? Hi. Yeah, yeah, I'm back. Sorry about that. I don't know what happened. That's all right. Too many too many clouds in the sky. Um, <laughs> I think what I was saying is that when you get to uh, some of the specialisms for T levels, particularly in health, for example, they get very specialised. You've got optometry and um, metrology and all sorts. So working in groups of colleges, uh, it'll be important to collaborate and decide who takes which specialisms. Um, other than otherwise there is a risk of very small numbers in some of these programs sure and i mean in in terms of early years uh settings um i mean that yeah, for a long time there have been very very good 
technical programs, uh, vocational programs around uh, childcare, for example. And you know, the government has got a parallel to the T level reform, uh, a big qualifications review going on, and it's saying that potentially it may sort of knock out, you know, the qualifications that compete directly with T levels. Do you think that's a, an accurate reading of the situation, or could you see, for example, in your college? I mean, you've said already it's a work based uh, focus college so presumably you've got a quite a choice on offer for your uh, students uh, across a, a number of thought uh, vocational technical qualifications do you think more choice is a good thing or it sounds like from the government's point of view they're saying perhaps there should be less choice for 16 to 19 year olds uh, well, I think choice in the education system is very important, and I think choice of providers is important. Uh, there's a risk that we see in our college that if we go down a, a, a three-choice route of apprenticeships, um, A-levels or T-levels, if there are qualifications like the arts or sports which don't have a T-level programme, that does cut out a number of people. Um, and I get a bit yeah. frustrated when subjects like that are picked up to say, well, they don't lead to jobs, therefore... Uh, they're of lower worth because actually those transferable skills uh, can then lead on to progression opportunities um, without necessarily uh, that 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 direct line to site to work that sometimes people take different routes and can still end up very successful. Sure. Well, it's all about direct line of sight, isn't it? Um, Mm. At the moment, T-levels are perceived as, uh, and will be, of course, a 16 to 19 uh, study programme. There's some talk about potentially these qualifications being available for adults in the future. Do you think that is a sensible way forward? Uh, well, I think the adult education system needs a, a number of reforms. I don't so know are, that, you know, are T-levels perhaps the, the wrong qualification then for adults? I mean, they are uh, well, full-time, aren't they, in their study programmes? So yeah, I mean, who is going depends. to give up a job for a full-time T-level, I guess? Yeah, it depends where your classification of adult is because, I mean, there are many 19, 20, 21-year-olds who kind of divert uh, their education and uh, and need uh, second second go at it, in which case a T-level might be entirely appropriate. Um, someone uh, at a later point in their career uh, going down a full-time education route, I'm not necessarily sure a T-level would be the right approach, um, yeah. but there is choice in the system apprenticeships or um, online learning seems to be flavour of the month. Indeed, there's a lot of that (laughs) going on, um, I'm sure. Final question then for you, Uh, looking beyond sort of T-levels and thinking about your college and obviously the impact of COVID-19, what's sort of occupying occupying your brain space about the future for Fairham College as as you kind of come to grips really with the lockdown, the unfolding crisis, and eventually, one hopes, getting the students back on campus. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm desperate to open the doors again. Um, but as they as they say on the daily briefing, we'll be led by the science um, as to when that when that is. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, realistically, I can't see us having any full-time classes back in this side of September. If we could get some apprentices in or some students uh, needing to do their competency-based assessments and, and deal with that socially distanced, uh, that would be great. Uh, there's a little bit um, of um, financial rebalancing to do because, obviously, we've cut away some of our commercial income in year. Um, but, um, but there's been reassurance from the from the DfE in terms of the adult education budget and for us, our apprenticeships are still continuing and we're even seeing employers signing up online um, remotely currently. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I mean, as a proportion then of your uh, apprenticeship offer, how much have you been able to 
convert to that online world. I mean, I heard the Minister Gillian Keegan really talk up online a lot um, the other day. Uh, I mean, is that a realistic when you potentially a lot of apprenticeships are also in the skilled trades, they're in very practical, hands-on occupations? Yeah, so we had a cohort of civil engineers due to start, and that hasn't been able to um, to operate in the same way. So those employers have furloughed the, the apprentices, but they'll pick up again. Um, I mean, economists talk about a V-shaped rese- recession. One hopes. Uh, yet, yeah. One hopes, yeah, and yet to, yet to be seen. But if that's the case, then they'll come back online relatively quickly, um, we would hope. Um, the... The apprenticeships like leadership and management, project management, uh, business administration, they're, they're, they're all continuing uh, online quite effectively. Um, it, yeah, the trades are always going to be a bit more challenging. But we've had very few uh, actually stop, uh, but, although we do have a number furloughed. Okay. Andrew Kay, CEO and Principal of Fairham College. Pleasure talking to you this evening. Thanks for coming on Skills World Live. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks. Contact us at Skills World Live. Email skillsworld at fenews.go.uk. Follow us on Twitter at Tom Buick at FE News. Use the hashtag SkillsWorld. Call us on 02032 900 treble one. That's 02032 900 treble one. Just time now to fit in one final track and uh, then we'll close the show. Thought we should get a little bit experimental now. It's called My New Dentist. Check this one out. this track's playing i feel like i'm in the dentist chair actually having a deep 
canal or something. Ouch. Anyway, that's all, folks. That's another 60 minutes of live chat and debate. I'm going to leave T-Levels alone for a while, but do tune in tomorrow for the big debate, which is going to be about quality of apprenticeships. I'll be talking to the think tank boss, Tom Richmond, who produced a report earlier this year talking about fake apprenticeships. I'll be asking him directly about that. And join us with other sector leaders who will be from a different perspective, EPAOs, Employment Assessment Organisations, that is, providers. They'll be giving us their whole viewpoint on what makes for a quality apprenticeship. Don't forget, if you want to be on the show, it's very easy. Just contact us on skillsworld at fenews.co.uk. As ever, just want to say thank you to my wonderful team. The programme's editor today was Kelly O'Meara and our digital producer, Ellie Hansen. Skills World Live is an FE News production supported by the Federation of Awarding Bodies, Platinum Partners programme. See you tomorrow, 7pm.